welcome to Big Blue Bets. It is the 2021 season preview edition of the Get That Money podcast. I am Nate Stevenson. And again, for your auditory pleasure, I am joined by Mr. Big Boofy Skirman and Tony T-Bone Guarino. How is everybody doing? Get ready for this wonderful, wonderful NFL 2021 season. I, uh, I personally am doing wonderful, man. Football season is here. I've had enough of uh, baseball kicking my butt every single day. So bring on the NFL and let's make some money. I hear that, baby. Yeah, baseball's been a little bit of rough uh, recently, but uh, I can't complain about what it's done for my NFL bankroll. So um, we're definitely we're definitely looking forward to winning many, 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 many units this NFL season. <laughs> As always. Thank God this isn't about baseball. And, uh, you know, this this is our preseason here, boys. So we got to get these reps in here, you know, get out there, make some mistakes, but hopefully no betting mistakes. Give you nothing but good ones this year. Yes, let the units be plentiful, and um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'd sure like to go undefeated again for our, our NFL futures picks. Uh, last year we were uh, what eight zero and two there, uh, big boofy. Yes, sir, eight zero and two. I mean, I like not losing, and I like winning a lot. So, um, how about we do that again this year? Amen to that. Well, let's not waste any time here. Let's uh, let's just jump right into this thing. I was going to say it took the words right out of my mouth. Let's jump into this thing. All right. Well, yeah, let's jump right in. We're going to go ahead and break this thing down by division, try to make it a little easier on the folk out there. By division for the people. I feel like that's somewhere in the Constitution. We'll start things off with the NFC East, or as Nate has appropriately dubbed it the NFC least, although I'm not sure you're the first one to say that. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the copyright on that, but uh... – <laughs> It, it definitely is appropriate, and I still I still think is appropriate this year. This division is still a whole bunch of poo. And, yeah, the we'll start with the Eagles here. What do we got for a number on their win total there, Tone? Sure thing. So the Eagles, we have uh, a season win total of six and a half, or over under six and a half. All right, so a little breakdown on the Eagles. The – prognosticators, at least the preseason lines for all 17 games for this team, they are a dog in 14 out of their 17 games already if they have to look at headlines. So Vegas expects them to be bad or at least definitely be below average. Um, they are a pick them at the, uh, the look ahead. One look ahead line. They are a pick them at Detroit, who, as we will touch on later, is one of the two or three worst teams in the league this year, bar none. So the Eagles are expected to be pretty bad. Now, the issue I have with just saying, oh, they're going to be completely horrible, is that you know last year they had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. They had a lot of injuries at offensive line. That played a huge role in obviously what they were to do off, able to do offensively. When healthy, they have one of the better offensive lines in the league. I definitely think this, this is going to be a high – this has the potential to be a high-variance team. If you get anything competent out of Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, and that young core of receivers he had, he has, they could hit seven or eight wins, I think, Or which the way this division is, that could be enough to win the division. 
I, I don't, I just, I don't have a lot that I feel good about other than their O line. Their secondary still sucks. My lean on this team is under. That's kind of how I feel about the 2021 Philly Eagles. So I think the Eagles are pretty bad this year. Um, Jalen Hurts has a lot to do with that. Um, truthfully, I don't think you're going to see him make it through the, the whole season as the starting quarterback. Uh, they brought in Gardner Minshew, and Jalen Hurts just has – he has a habit of putting the ball on the ground, and he's done it at least – well, not at least. He's done it on average once per game uh, in his short career, and it was a problem that he also had in college. And then beyond that, he's just not accurate. So it's it's nice to get the rushing yards and stuff, but ultimately I don't think he's going to be able to help Philadelphia win games. And I think by the end of the season, they're going to be turning the Gardner Minshew. And going under six and a half wins for me is something I feel comfortable with. Uh, beyond that, their offensive line and defensive line are considered to be strengths of the team. And they are. But two years in a row now, this offensive line has gotten injured. So I have big time concerns about them being able to stay healthy. So I would go under. Amen. All right. Well, let's slide over to their neighbor uh, and take a look at the New York Giants, who currently have a season win total of over under seven. Yeah, the Giants, I mean, I, I me and Booth definitely disagree on this one. I lean over, but that's highly predicated on if they can get anything more offensively out of Daniel Jones and just their offense in general. I don't think Jason Garrett is a very good anything, really. Um, he, he, was, well, he wasn't good as a head coach. I don't think he's that good as a coordinator. I, I, I just don't think he does very much to put his offense in a good position to win. Um, he's even getting Saquon back this year, but like my question is how much does that help? He literally – I mean, it was a very limited sample size last year, but before he got hurt, he was literally the worst running back in the league in terms of getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, that obviously speaks more to how bad the offensive line was, but, you know, as a, as a play caller, you have to put him in a, in a, in a position to succeed, and you got to put your offense in a position to succeed. I mean, Daniel Jones, we all know he's a fumbling machine. He's going to have more weapons this year. Uh, they signed Galladay. Um, added him to the mix with Slater and Shepard. They also drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round, but I mean, reports out of camp haven't been great for him. So, I mean, who knows if he's even going to see the field that much this year. Um, that's the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball. This is a preseason top five defense. They're, they're solid up front. Um, Bradbury as, as the number one corner, one of the best corners in the league can lock him on the number one receiver. That'll, that does a lot for your pass defense. And they signed Adore Jackson to play opposite him, who when healthy, which unfortunately is not very often, um, is definitely an upgrade. So uh, I, I like what they can do defensively. Offense, big question mark. So, I mean, that's why seven wins. I could see they could be six, seven, eight wins, which again, if you get to seven, eight, nine wins, you're potentially in contention for you know winning this division. So I think they have a better chance than the Eagles do at at the uh, at the division and um lastly i would say just with their expected subpar off, subpar offensive play and uh above average if not you know if not borderline elite defense if they perform up to expectations i mean i think this is a good team a good underplay for a lot of their games 
So that's definitely something I'm going to be keeping my eye on throughout the season. But yeah, I would lean, lean over, but that's just, you're hoping for that. Nothing for sure for me. I disagree. I, I think the Giants are a bad football team. Uh, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. I know they brought in Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley is, is uh, expected to be back. But I, I don't think it's going to be enough to help him. I think he, he is the problem, and that has not been fixed. Um, you know, Nate's calling him the top five defense. I think that's a little high in my opinion. And I don't think this team's going to be very good this year. I would go under. All right. Well, let's let's head on over to a uh, podcast favorite, since the sarcasm, the Washington football team, who are currently at a season win total of over under eight and a half. Before I looked at the schedule, I was like, well, this is it. with the addition of Fitzpatrick, which, you know, it gives you more, a little bit more, uh, makes you a little more dynamic in the passing game. Uh, is an upgrade from Alex Smith, who is just someone who's going to take care of the ball and be safe. I mean, Fitzpatrick likes to sling it. So you team him up with Terry McLaurin, and they signed, uh, I believe, Samuel as well. You got a nice one-two punch at receiver. Uh, you know, you, you have the makings of a team that could, you know, put up, put up some points every now and then it just depends if you are, if you're going to get good Brian Fitzpatrick, then this team can do something offensively and make some noise in the division. If you're going to get bad Brian Fitzpatrick, then, you know, this might be a second, third, fourth place team in the division. You just don't know. Uh, that's as far as their offense goes defensively. They have one of the better defenses in the league. Great front seven. I'm just like, not, not as much solid front seven, a great, Front four, uh, their pass rush unbelievable with Sweat and Chase Young, and they make up for they make that defense so much better uh, to be able to be able to get to the quarterback like they do. So, if they win, it's going to be because of two things: their defense performs up to expectations, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You get the better version of Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick. The thing that gives me pause about their win total and crowning them the division champs already is that their schedule is rough. Like, it is rough. Their easiest non-divisional game is at Las Vegas. And even when they go there, Vegas will have the rest advantage. So that's one. And then also, they play all four teams from last year's conference championship games before, I'm sorry, by week 10. Weeks three, six, seven, and ten, they play KC, Buffalo, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. That is a murderer's row, dude. Like that is rough. I mean, I think they might be lucky to get out of those four games one and three. I mean, if they win one, uh, that's God bless them. <laughs> so it's just those seeing how rough their schedule is. If they win the division, if they hit their over win total, they will certainly have earned it. So. Again, not anything I feel comfortable betting on. Okay. Um, I like Washington over eight and a half wins. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get them at over eight just before the draft. But uh, eight and a half is still not enough to scare me off of the pick. Last year, they went seven and nine. They won the division. And that was with Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith, and Dwayne Haskins playing quarterback. This year, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. For me... Um, that is a significant upgrade. I know he can be inconsistent, but for me, that's a significant upgrade. And I expect them to be much better offensively. 
Uh, I like Antonio Gibson getting a bigger role uh, at running back. Terry McLaurin, another year in the league, I expect him to be better. And then defensively, I just think they are built the way you want to be built this uh, in today's NFL. And they're awesome at rushing the quarterback. Um, they're decent in the secondary, but the pass rush really helps them out. And I think this team is going to be able to feast on a crappy division. So while while they have the difficult out-of-division schedule that Nate's talking about within the division, the other three teams stink. So I think they should be able to go 5-1 and one there, and they can find four other wins somewhere throughout the season. All right, so that leaves us with the uh, division favorite, at least by the book's standards. <laughs> we have the Dallas Cowboys uh, currently at a season win total of over under nine and a half. Yeah, I would agree that the Cowboys are the division favorite, but I think that a large part of that is they're just getting you know more credit because they are the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they, there's, they still didn't do much to address their secondary. Their pass defense is still going to be awful. Um, their front seven should be better, uh, with the addition of Micah Parsons, you have him and Van Der Esch inside. So you have two sideline to sideline backers that should, you know, could very well be three down guys. I mean, you, you can even have one of them rush the passer on third down. I mean, Micah was good at that when he played at PSU. So, you know, I, I definitely think you helped your, your, your defense and your pass rush, um, with Micah Parsons, but you know. Uh, Micah Parsons also can't play corner and they're still weak there. So unless they get home, you're going to, you're still going to be able to pass a lot on Dallas. They got, um, they got a new uh, defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. Um, I mean, if he can make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, like he has with some defenses in, in the past. I mean, he did really good things in Seattle, but it, you know, he had really good, he had a really good secondary in Seattle. So I would even say he had, he had nothing to go with there. And when he was in Atlanta, granted he was the head coach. They didn't have a great defense. They didn't have a great person. They didn't have great personnel and they didn't do that great. Um, at least the last couple of years anyway. And uh, I mean, they won, with, you know, by the strength of their offense. So, I mean, this Dallas team basically is going to have to do something similar win by the strength of their offense. And right now the most important player on that offense in Dak Prescott is you just don't know how healthy he is. I mean, he's coming off that major ankle injury and now he's having shoulder issues throughout the entire camp. He hasn't played the entire preseason. Um, you know, you, you just don't know, you just don't know how good he's going to be. And I mean, he has tons of weapons around him. You know, obviously he has Zeke, he has Pollard, which I think actually at this point might be the better of the two running backs. And Zeke, you know, had trouble holding on to the ball last year. You have three dynamic options at wide receiver. Offensive line should be back to full strength this year. So, I mean, offense is good. Defense is suspect. It, it, the other three teams in the division, or at least two of those three in the Giants and Washington, they're kind of the other way. You know, they're, the strength is their defense. So, it's just really going to come down to which unit is the better unit and performs more consistently. And I just don't have faith that the Cowboys are going to be able to do that. I would say that they are my slight favorite, but I, I trust no one in this division. I think it's a complete crapshoot. And yeah, I, I don't like pretty much anything from any team in this division enough to put much money on it at all. 
I would go with a uh, I'd go with a strong lean to the under. Um, in general, I still think this team is terrible on defense. Um, I know Micah Parsons is a nice addition to them, uh, middle linebacker, but they still have a lot of holes there. Um, offensively, you know, they put up a lot of yards and a lot of points and stuff, but I don't know. They, they just find ways to lose games. To me, it'll be the same old Cowboys again. They'll find a way to stink. And for me, I, w- I would lean with the uh, with the under here. Okay, well, from the east, we move to the west. Uh, we'll kick things off in the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals, who currently have a season win total of over under eight and a half. Yeah, I think this number is right on. Uh, I could easily see this team going eight, eight and I almost said eight and eight. There are seventeen games now, eight and nine or nine and eight. I'd still say they're the worst team in this division. And what is, I mean, that's no knock on them. I think this is going to be a very competitive division and it's probably the best division in football, but uh, I'd put the Cardinals fourth unless, unless Cliff Kingsbury has learned that you can't run a crossing route every single play and think that's how you're going to move down the ball down the field. I don't really expect uh, the Cardinals to have much of a chance to win this division. Um, that's in spite of the fact that they, you know, they do have talent on offense. I do think Kyler Murray has a very unique skill set. Um, his problem last year was once he got banged up, their offense, their offensive production slowed down considerably. Uh, he is obviously D hop on the outside. One of the best wide receivers in football, only two drops last season on 160 targets. So you can't get much more reliable than that. They brought in. AJ Green um, to play opposite him on the outside, but you know how much is left in the tank there. I do like the uh, pick of Rondell Moore in the second round out of Purdue. I think he's going to be a really solid guy in the slot, very versatile. He actually could help a lot with what Kingsbury likes to do in running those crossing routes, those shallow crosses. So he's someone that can actually uh, get some yak and make some people miss in space. So. I definitely think he's someone that can help what they do. They have a solid O-line. Um, defensively, they lost Peterson. Their secondary isn't great. And I think they're basically a middle-of-the-pack defense at best. And when you're in a, in a division that has Russell Wilson and uh, Sean McVay teamed up with Matt Stafford now and Kyle, Kyle Shanahan running the offense in San Francisco, you were going against three teams that can – roll up some offense on you. So all in all, I just think there's a lot of stuff working against the Cardinals here, having a chance to hit their over win total and especially compete for the division. So no interest in the win total and no interest really in their division prospects either. Yeah. I kind of see it the same way. I I think the number is spot on. I see this as an eight and nine or nine and eight kind of team and pretty much for all the reasons that you said. So I think you just stay away and look to uh, collect your units elsewhere. Sound advice. Let's uh, head all the way up to Seattle, where we'll look at the Seattle Seahawks, who have a season win total of over under 10. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty spot on for them. I I think they're I think they're pretty good for 10 wins, so I would lean over here. Anytime you got Russell Wilson, you can feel pretty good about your chances of making the playoffs. The thing that can hurt that a little bit this year is, again, how tough of a division that they are in. 
Um, they have some turnover on offense. They have a new OC, Shane Waldron. One of the things that could also put the Seahawks in trouble is if Metcalf or Lockett get injured, like they don't have much depth. Like they don't have any depth behind them. If they get, if Metcalf and or Lockett get injured, they're screwed. If Russell Wilson gets injured, they're really screwed. Um, Chris Carson is, he got a hole under the football offensive line play kind of, eh, I mean, you know, Russ makes them look good with his mobility and defensively, they don't really have any, they don't, you know, I don't really recall them doing much to upgrade their secondary, which wasn't all that great last year. So, you know, they have a chance, but not a high degree of confidence to uh, put them in the elite of the NFC. Yeah, this was a tough one, man. Um, I I will say that, you know, you kind of touched on their new offensive coordinator. Um, He comes over from the Rams in the, in the Sean McVay uh, tree, if you will, which I'm sure is going to start growing a little bigger. They've talked about how you can expect to see a little bit more um, shorter passes. And, And it's funny because you commented on it with Arizona but you can see a lot more crossing routes and basically add the horizontal passing game element to this offense. So last year, they basically ran the ball and chucked it deep, which, you know, I used to love doing that when I played Madden back in the day. But I I do believe in attacking a defense at all levels of the field. And I think this new offense coordinator with them is going to be able to uh, bring that to the offense. I think Russell Wilson is not going to have any trouble adjusting to it. And I think it's tailor-made to have a guy like Tyler Lockett handling the underneath crossing kind of stuff and DK Metcalf going deep. So offensively, I think this team's going to be good. Um, defensively, uh, they're not the same old Seahawks that you think of them as. So I, for me, I consider their defense to be a weakness on the team. And going above 10 is going to be tough, but I don't want to go against Russell Wilson to take it as an under. So it's a pass. All right. Well, let's just head on down the coast and uh, stop at San Francisco here. We'll take a look at the 49ers who have a season win total of over under 10 and a half. Last season, the Niners ended the season with 18 guys on IR. Um, That's just a rough season. I mean, you know, that is about as unlucky about as unlucky as you can be in the injury department. Um, the year before, they went healthy. They they were the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. A lot of those guys are still there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's still there. Um, definitely a lot of talent. So I mean, if if everyone stays healthy and they can get back to the form of two years ago, this team can definitely win this division. They can definitely eclipse ten and a half wins. They can definitely even make a run at the NFC title and the Super Bowl. But to me, if you're a team that has those aspirations this year, you do not draft a quarterback in the first round. Not only did you draft a quarterback in the first round, you gave up a lot of draft capital to trade up to third overall to draft Trey Lance, who by all intents, you know, from all accounts has a out of this world talent, a ton of potential and, you know, obviously he's going to be working under one of the best offensive minds in football in Kyle Shanahan. Te- Again, I go back to teams that plan on making a Super Bowl run this year normally do not draft a quarterback in the first round. You- you're not doing anything to really help your team that year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo kind of got a little bit of a raw deal. Um, 
he just had this team in the Super Bowl two years ago. I understand he's had I understand he's had some injury issues, but I really think the Niners are jumping the gun here by you know basically saying that we're trying to move on from this guy as quickly as possible. So you, he's going to be looking over his shoulder all year, and if Trey Lance is in, I don't think that means good thing for a good you know I don't think that means a good thing anything good for the Niners if Trey Lance is in this year. So when you have uncertainty at the most important position on your team, um, I definitely don't want any part of taking your over win total. And I definitely don't want any part of saying that you're going to win the division, even though both of those things are definitely possible. So that's the, the offensive side of the ball really quickly. Defensive side of the ball. They lost Sala to the uh, Jets because he took their head coaching job. Uh, he was he did a heck of a job um, running their defense the last couple of years. And even last year with all the injuries they had, they still put up a good fight in a lot of games. So I think you're losing someone that does great schematically and motivating his players. So now you're going to have someone new running your defense as well. So that's another that's another point of uncertainty. So I think this, in summary, this team has the potential to be to be really good. They can do damage. They can make waves but I'm not willing to put my money on it. Not until I see what the heck is going on defensively and what's going on at quarterback. Yeah. I think you had a lot of good points there, Nate. Um, I'll be staying away from this one as well. I do think San Francisco is a good team. Uh, they were very injured last year. So, I mean, those guys are back. Um, the, the biggest thing for me that I, and I do agree with you is, you know, you took Trey Lance in the third round and there's a lot of hype that comes with taking a guy that early and, you know, especially with some of his raw skills. But it's important to note that he was in what, like the uh, the FCS division playing, playing, now played at the same school as Carson Wentz. So we either like it or we don't. But um, he also just in general hasn't played a game in two years because of COVID and what went on with uh, last season and everything. So how much can you really expect from him? And then Jimmy G, we've already seen it. He's good, not amazing. And I don't know. I could just see this one going up or down. So, again, when you're like that, it's best to stay away. So I pass. Well, speaking of up or down, we're going to continue moving down and round out the division with the Los Angeles Rams, who are also at a season win total of over under 10 and a half. Down the coast, Tony. I see what you did there. I like it. Master segue, baby. (laughs) Oh man, so plus one twenty on the odds. I mean, if it was minus one ten, I'd love it. You're giving me plus money on over ten and a half wins for the Rams. Absolutely love it with the addition of Matt Stafford at quarterback. Sean McVay is not going to have to play Madden through Jared Goff's helmet anymore, and actually have to try to figure out how they're going to matriculate the ball down the field, which they miraculously did fairly consistently. Under the realm, I'm sorry, or I should say under the uh, leadership of Jared Goff at quarterback. Um, to me, that just showed what a good coach Sean McVay, at least uh, schematic, offensive, offensive play calling and schematically, he really is. So I think kudos to him for what he was able to accomplish. I mean, he got this team to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff at quarterback. Now we have Matt Stafford. Someone who you literally don't have to wait as late as possible on the play clock to tell him what to do and what to adjust to and where to throw the ball. 
So I think you're going to see major strides offensively with this team. Uh, I, I love that upgrade at quarterback. The unfortunately, the boofy curse has struck the Rams' backfield. Unfortunately, um, with the injury to Cam Akers, so that's going to be a, a, a little bit of a, a shot to that offense. But uh, I do think Henderson uh, will do a decent job picking up the slack there. So I still, th- I still think you're going to be pretty solid in the run game. And again, Sean McVay does seem to do a pretty good job of scheming his guys to points and moving the ball down the field. And obviously defensively, really quickly, you have Aaron Donald, one of the best players in the leagues this year, last year, and still for years to come. Jalen Ramsey on the outside. You have a pretty, re- you have a pretty solid defense. And I think this is honestly the most complete team in the division this year and the team with the least amount of question marks, honestly. So uh, you're giving me 10 and a half wins. We have 17 games to accomplish that now. I love that. I love them to win the division. And they also love them as a dark horse challenger for the NFC and to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl at very, very nice long odds. I believe of plus 700, actually. So uh, a deep future pick there if, uh, if you're looking for a dark horse candidate. Uh, I love the Rams over. It is one of my favorite picks on the whole slate. Um, I, I think the Rams are the second best team in the NFC. I love Stafford coming over. I think he's a huge upgrade at quarterback to a team that's already found a way to be good with crappy Jared Goff. Um, defensively, this was the number one team um, as far as yards were concerned. And I believe they were number one in points allowed as well. So you can't do much better than that. Um, they've had they've got the uh, defense player of the year and in uh, Aaron Donald still. And then offensively, I just expect this team to be outstanding. I know they play uh, in a tough division. In my opinion, they play in the toughest division in football. But I think this is the best team of said division. And I think we can hit that number. And we're going to take the over here. And I do believe it is our first lock of the season. I believe you're right, sir. Lock it in. Get that money. Woohoo! I knew we'd get there eventually. <laughs> All right, so that moves that finishes up the West. So let's move things up north. Uh, and Nate, you've teased this earlier, so let's just jump right into that. We'll start things off in the NFC North with the Detroit Lions with a season win total of over under five and a half. Under, 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 under. I mean, it, it feels very appropriate to transition from one of the predicted best teams in the NFC and the NFL to one of the, not only, this isn't predicted, it's just known that the Lions are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They have an extremely tough schedule and they suck. You combine those two things, you're not going to win a lot of games. They will be lucky to get to four wins. Like, I don't care how many kneecaps Dan Campbell wants to go bite off and all that stuff. Like, that still ain't going to put the ball in the end zone, and it ain't going to stop people from doing it. They suck. They're rebuilding. Jared Goff's playing quarterback, and he doesn't have Sean McVay in his helmet playing Madden for him to tell him where to go with the football. They're going to be really, really bad. They suck. Under five and a half all day. Easy money. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you, buddy. I think Detroit is in a race with Houston uh, to see who's going to be the worst team in the NFL this season. 
And like you said, combine that with they have one of the tougher schedules in the league. We got a new head coach. We got a crappy quarterback. Uh, I just think this is a disaster waiting to happen. And something else, in in, in this way, I think um, NFL GMs have gotten smarter. But uh, teams have realized one, once things start to go south, so, I mean, if Detroit starts crappy, you might see them trade away some pieces. You might see them start to play some alternative options, whether it's rookies or guys off the street, just to see if they can start coming up with answers for the next season and at the same time kind of punting on this season to improve uh, their draft position for the following season. And I think you will start to see that in the second half of the year with these guys under five and a half all day. Love it. And let's lock it in. Oh, yeah, lock it in. Get that money. All right. Well, we'll move on to the Chicago Bears, who have a season win total of over under seven and a half. Well, I feel like, Tony, you should be saying this, but um, the Mitch is not back this season. <laughs> That's a good one. But, uh, yeah, the, the Bears have finally moved on from Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. Jeez, I, can't, I, I even went back to, you know, the slandering of his name there still accidentally. Um, they signed Andy Dalton. Yeah, okay, big boo. That's, you know, that doesn't move the needle for me at all. Um, do like the drafting of Justin Fields. I actually think that they made a smart decision there. They took advantage of him falling down to them in the draft. They moved up a little bit to get him, if I remember correctly. Um, now, they're talking about starting the season with Andy Dalton. I don't even know why you even bother doing that. Like, you know he's not your future. You know he's it's Andy Dalton. Everybody knows what Andy Dalton is. Um, Justin Fields can come into this offense that – was already made for a quarterback with similar with a similar skill set, except Justin Fields has a better version of that skill set. So he he can he can he's faster than Mitch, and he can throw the ball better than Mitch. So just put him right in there and see what you got. I mean that's and I really think that's going to happen very on very early on in the season. But again, I sometimes the training wheels they do with some of these guys just annoy me, but. Um, I think the fast, I think the sooner he gets in there, the more in the more, the, the more interesting the bears become, but until that happens, there's kind of some unknown there. I mean, they have an aging defense that was, that's still, you know, it's solid. Um, I, they don't have a great O line. They don't have a great running back. Uh, they don't, they're solid at receiver. I mean, you got Robinson on the outside, you got Mooney to take the top of the defense off. Uh, I mean, you have some weapons. I just think this is a high volatility team with the uh, in t- until you know what you're going to get at quarterback and who, you know who's playing and what you're going to get. And I mean, I think basically in summary, as long as Dalton is at quarterback, bet against the Bears. <laughs> Plain and simple, bet against the Bears. When he was behind an injured bad Cowboys line, he sucked. Well, the Bears line is not injured, and they're still not that great. So don't plan on the Bears scoring nearly as much as they need to with Andy Dalton, a quarterback. And like I said, as long as he is, bet against them. I'm not a huge fan of their win total. Definitely don't like them to win the division. Definitely don't like them to make the playoffs. Um, but give this team a couple years. If, if they develop fields properly, then maybe they could do something. 
Uh, I think you're right about Justin Fields being kind of the wild card with this whole thing here. Um, the thing is, they still have Matt Nagy as the head coach. And I know rookies have had some success more recently, but it's still hard to be a rookie QB in this league. So how good is Justin Fields going to be? How good is he going to be playing in Chicago in crappy weather? And I know what you're going to say. Bro, he, was, he comes from Ohio State. Yeah, but, the, but you only play games in the Big Ten pretty much into the middle of November. Okay, so if you do that in an NFL season, you're still talking about having another six weeks left in your, left in your season. And the weather doesn't get that bad in Ohio State by then. So he, he's, he really hasn't had to deal with playing in some serious winter weather. And those are going to be for his home games. Um, I do like the Bears' defense. I do like some of their uh, skill guys, but I, I don't believe in the head coach. And the the quarterback to me is just a big question mark. I would lean under. Um, I have actually placed that bet. That was one. That was one I wish I could get back. To be honest with you, but I placed that one before the draft. Then they took Fields. Fields to me is enough to move it to a stay away kind of a team. Um, so I guess I would lean under, but I wouldn't quite uh, go to a full on play some bets against it. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Minnesota Vikings, who have a current season win total of over under eight and a half. Yeah, the Vikings are one of the teams I do like in this division. Like their like their over win total. Uh, like them to have a pretty good shot of making the playoffs. I think they are at worst the second best team in this division. And you combine that with the fact that they're going to be getting a lot of guys back on defense, uh, both injury and COVID opt-outs. They added Patrick Peterson um, two years ago. This was a pretty good defense, and now you get you get those guys back. And with the additions, I, I think they are they are um, set up for success this year. Eight and a half is a low total. I definitely don't see this team as a sub five hundred team. Uh, I like them. I think nine is their floor. And honestly, with the turmoil, preseason turmoil, you don't know what's going on for sure in Green Bay. I mean, A-Rod's back now for sure. But um, I, I just think that the additions and slash guys coming back on defense give this team a legitimate shot at not only – making some uh, not only winning this division, but making some noise in the playoffs. And, and yes, even though they're led by Kirk cousins, you give Kirk cousins a really, really good defense. And now a, an entire year with Jeff, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as his top two receivers and a healthy Dalvin cook. And I, I think you are pretty good on both sides of the ball here. And uh, all that makes me feel really, really good about taking over eight and a half. And like I said, they are one of, they are a team that I, I'm not saying they're gonna, but I do think they're a dark horse uh, and not a bad pick value wise to win this division and uh, potentially even make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. This is one, whenever the line initially came out, you know, Nate and I were talking about them and uh, all the points Nate just made to you guys, you know, he made to me and I, I've come around on this. I, I am on board with the Vikings over in pretty much all the reasons that Nate said. And let's go ahead and call that one a lock. Oh, yeah. Lock it in. Get that money. Beautiful. 
All right, well, let's finish off the NFC North with the division favorites, the Green Bay Packers, with a current season win total of over under 10. Like, I don't understand how you set the win total at 10 when you still have most of the team coming back that has won 13 games and the division in consecutive years. Like, I don't get that. I don't. That's three, so they're going to all of a sudden be three wins less with a, with a division that has two teams that aren't that good. I mean, you already are guaranteed four wins in your division. You're already starting 4-0. You literally need to win six more games to push, seven to win, and oh yeah, by the way, you've already beat that mark by three games the past two years. I, I mean, the fact, as soon as Aaron Rodgers said he was coming back, Cash the ticket already. I mean, the literally the only thing that's going to prevent this team from not cashing their over uh, win total bet is an Aaron Rodgers injury. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, even if he loses his top receiver, Aaron Rodgers is still going to make stuff happen. They still have two crappy teams in their division. So, I mean, that that's to me that's a no brainer. Um, they have, and then defensively, you know, you have Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the league. I don't think their defense is spectacular, but when you have an elite corner and you can take away a team's number one wide receiver, that does a lot. I mean, that, that, that does a lot. That helps your team and your defense so much. So, and obviously, like I said, they've done it the past two seasons. There's, there's, there's not really much more I can say about this team. Uh, I think, um, I think the general, I think the management, should have should have done more to support a rod but beyond that i still think you can you can count on him to at least get a, get you to 11 wins and probably the division championship yeah honestly um this reminds me of last year when the line came out and i think the packers were like over nine or nine and a half or whatever and i told you guys they won 13 games the year before they went to the nfc title game not much has changed and i expect them to you know, win 13 games or not, not 13, but I expect them to cover the over. No problem. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They actually won 13 games again, went to the NFC title game again. And here I am now they're calling it a 10 and a half is what we got to go over, but we have an extra game. This is still an awesome football team. Aaron Rodgers is still an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, I know we've had some off-season turmoil, but let's be honest. I mean, Rodgers doesn't have that many years left to to play. So I don't think he's just going to throw a year away because, you know, he's upset with ownership or whatever. And I think you're going to see the same MVP caliber Rodgers, which means that the Packers are going to cover this over. And I feel very good about it. And that's another lock for us. I agree. Let's lock it in. Get that money! All right, so from north to south, let's finish off the end of the sea there. And we will start things off with the Atlanta Falcons, who have a season win total of over-under 7.5. So they had four wins last season, but they were leading at the half in nine games last season. I mean, that's just – that's how you get fired. <laughs> um, they, they, You just – I mean – you know, when you become synonymous with blowing games, which let's be real, that all that started when you couldn't, you know, finish the Patriots out tw- up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. 
this team just is that this team and that staff just never really ever recovered from that. And finally, uh, after last season, or or I guess during the season last season, there were merc- the staff was mercifully merc- mercifully 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 there we go mercifully. Um, head coach Dan Quinn was shown the door, and then eventually the rest of the staff at the end of the season. So. You have a new staff, Arthur Smith, coming in from Tennessee. I do think he's going to help that offense. New GM. Um, Julio Jones is out, but that's been one of the problems with Julio Jones. He's been out a lot, and Ridley's kind of become that number one wide receiver. And So I don't really think there's going to be as much transition as some people might think with the loss of Julio Jones. You add any addition of Kyle Pitts at tight end, who has the potential to be just one of those revolutionary players um, with his flexibility lining up on the line of scrimmage and being split out wide as a tight end. And I think you combine him in the middle of the field with Ridley on the outside. I think this offense could could make some noise. Um, Something that works in this team's favor as far as how many games they're going to win, they only face four good quote unquote good quarterbacks this entire season. Tom Brady twice, Josh Allen, and maybe Dak Prescott if he's healthy that particular game. So this this, this is a team like I'm not saying I don't think that the trust me, I'm not saying the Falcons are going to win the division. Tampa's going to win this division, obviously. I mean everybody knows that. I'm not I'm not spoiling anything there. But at seven and a half wins I would I would lean over. Um, I'm I'm optimistic about the offense, and I'm I'm optimistic about what this new staff can do with uh, with this team. Arthur Smith had one of the best red zone offenses in the league last year when he was with Tennessee. The Falcons were bottom third of the league last year in red zone offense, and like I said, the addition of Kyle Pitts. I mean, there there's some writing on the wall that you this. Offense could take some steps forward this year and win them a few more games, or at least hold some leads, uh, unlike they were able to do last year. So I would lean over seven and a half, and uh, I'd even say dark horse candidate for a wild card. So the Falcons, you know, they they've been a uh, a team that has given me a lot of trouble the last couple of years. So I am going to stay away, um, but I will comment. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to consider the over. Um, I like the head coach, Art Smith, coming over from Tennessee. And, you know, he was able to turn that offense around over there with Ryan Tannehill and company. Um, we've seen Atlanta be very good offensively um, when, they've, when they've had good leadership there, meaning when they, were, uh, when they had Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. So I think this is a similar situation. I think there's a lot of talent on that on that offense still. I mean, they they drafted Kyle Put, Kyle Pitts, who uh, conceivably should be able to replace some of the production that they uh, you know are losing from trading away Julio Jones. But you still have Calvin Ridley. Uh, they brought in Mike Davis to play running back. So I think there's a lot of things to like. Uh, I've just been burned by them too often, so I'm I'm passing. All right. Well, let's roll on into the Carolina Panthers who also have a season win total of over under seven and a half. Okay. Is this going to be yet another example of a post Adam Gase success story, which, you know, we all know the first one was Ryan Tannehill 
he got away from Miami when Gase was there, went to Tennessee, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, Brian Tenhill doesn't suck. Now Sam Darnold's going to, or is has now gone to Carolina. Um, he has a really good OC in Joe Brady. Is this going to be another post Adam Gay success story? I mean, that's that's that that really is the big question. I I lean yes. I want to say yes. I want to see the guy succeed. I mean, the, dude, the dude was in purgatory in New York. I mean, Adam Gase just sucks out loud. The, the fact that he got two head coaching jobs is still amazing to me. But anyway, um, he's going to a team that's stacked at wide receiver. Uh, they have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, the Marshall kid that they drafted. Heard great things about him. And like I said, he's got a he's got a coordinator in Joe Brady who has shown that he has a good rapport with quarterbacks and putting offenses in good position to succeed. The problem is he's probably going to be his only year with Joe Brady because he's probably going to be coaching the Bengals and Joe Burrow next year, which, you know, we'll hit, we'll hit on that later, but that's a early early season prediction on that one. But I expect that I expect the Panthers to be better. I expect um, Sam Darnold to be better. And let me see. What's our win total? Seven and a half. I lean, I'd lean over. I mean, it's not a not a super hard division. You got CMC in the backfield with his dynamic ability, running and catching the ball, the skill wide receiver. Um, I think the offense will put up some points. Uh, will the defense join the offense in um, how much they improve? That's that's yet another question. I mean, they were they had a, they drafted a lot of defensive players over the past couple years. It's are they going to continue to develop? Is this D going to be better? Um, the first round, the addition of first round quarterback, JT Horn, son of Joe Horn. I think that's, you know, that, that's going to prove very vital to their success, how quickly he can develop. Because, I mean, you're going to be throwing a first round corner on every team's number one wide receiver. I mean, you're going to know pretty quickly by the end of year one if he's good or not. So, I think something that should work in their to their advantage is uh, they do have one of the easier slash advantageous schedules pertaining to both their opposition and uh, their rest in in comparison to um, to their opposition. So it's always nice when you have uh, the schedule on your side as well. So I expect improvements on offense, defense. We'll see, but I'd lean over seven and a half. Panthers are another team. I like it. Um, it's not confident enough to place the bet on it, but I'm, I'm very curious to see how it plays out with uh, the Sam Darnold trade. Um, I like the head coach, and I think Sam da- Sam Darnold is in, is in a much better situation than he was in with the Jets. Um, I, leaned, I leaned to the over. I actually do think it's going to work out well for them and him, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to following this team this year. All right, well, we'll go ahead and move on to the New Orleans Saints, whose season win total is plus or minus nine. With the retirement of Drew Brees, you have a void at quarterback, and it's news to me. Jameis was named the starter, but again, like I still don't think I, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think Taysom's the answer. I loved. I think Taysom is a great. Is it was used perfectly for his skill set. Like, I think he's someone you just move all over the field, have him throw a couple passes, have him catch a couple balls, have him do some zone reads, keep get the ball in his hands, run the ball, do some gadget stuff. 
like I, I love guys with, you know, a, a multifaceted skill set like he has. And I do think Sean Payton uses him, you know, very, very well. And honestly, that's probably one of the reasons that he didn't win the quarterback competition is because he's such a Swiss army knife and helps the offense in so many other ways. The problem is, will he end up being the quarterback later on in the season because Jameis has shows that he's still Jameis, you know, someone that shows flashes of brilliance and flashes of catastrophe. So I just, I still think there's too many questions of quarterback for this team. I, I trust that Sean Payton will, you know, figure out a way to scratch to at least eight or nine wins. But, you know, when there's, when there's uncertainty at quarterback, their number is nine anyway. Um, I even have in my notes too much uncertainty. Stay away. I'm, I'm just staying away. I, I just don't, I, I don't have a lot of faith. They plus on top of all that being that they won the division last year, they're playing a first place schedule. So though, so their schedule, so their schedule is already working against them. Um, just don't, just don't love this team this year. I think, uh, I think they're in for a down year. The saints to me could be anywhere between like three and 14 to 14 and three. And Jameis Winston is the reason why I think he's capable of playing football at that high of a level. And I think he's capable of playing football at that low of a level. Um, It's just a matter of how consistent he's going to be. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Everything else. I mean, I like the rest of the roster. Like I like their offensive line. I like their defense. Um, I know they don't, they don't have Michael Thomas, but they seem to always figure out a way to, you know, get guys open and be productive in the passing game anyway. So, I don't know. Jameis, to me, is just such a wild card that I think you need to stay away. All right, so that takes us to our uh, division favorites, the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with their season total of over-under 11.5. I mean, there's not even much you can say about this team. They're bringing back everybody, all 22 starters from last season, plus Antonio Brown, like the absolute bottom basement floor with this team is 11 wins in a division championship. Um, I know the number is 11 and a half. I'm saying that's the worst case scenario. I think the worst case scenario is 11. I think that they honestly have a lot better chance of winning 14, 15, 13, 13, 14, 15 games. Um, than falling under the number. So give me over 11 and a half, uh, especially considering, you know, some of the question marks in the division. And like I said, they're bringing back everybody. I mean, that they have a really, really good defense, a really good offense. They have Tom Brady, who's still unbelievably is like, I just need to know. I need to, he just needs to tell me where the fountain of youth is. I just want to know. Like my hips hurt. I'd really like to know. Like he needs to tell me this. Like, um, it's, it's Tampa Bay. Like they're going to, they're probably going to win the NFC again. They're probably going to be in the Super Bowl again. They're just, they will be making me a lot of money this year. Uh, the Bucks, I love the over on this one. I think they are the best team in football. I, uh, I'm not going to say I expect them to win the Super Bowl, but they, they would be my pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, I can see this team going 16 and one. Uh, they have the whole roster back. That's never happened in the salary cap era uh, after winning the Super Bowl. 
And Tom Brady is just awesome, man. The, the roster's awesome. Tom Brady's still awesome. I mean, he was playing through an injury last year that nobody even knew about. So this year he's just going to be healthy, and it's another year well with the same guys. I expect big things, and I expect them. I know it's a high number, but uh, I expect them to go over it, no problem. And that's another lock for us. Lock it in. Get that money. All right, so that concludes the NFC breakdowns. Uh, Boof, do you want to give us a recap? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, we've got five locks for you this year. Uh, the Lions under five and a half. Packers over ten. Rams over ten and a half. Vikings over eight and a half. And the Bucks over eleven and a half. Uh, be sure to check out our next episode where we break down the AFC. Best of luck to everybody. And let's get that money. Get that money. <laughs>